Thank you for listening to the Martinis and the Macabre podcast. This show contains graphic content and explicit language and is intended for adults. Listener discretion is advised. Every day at work? There's one. He stuck out. He stuck out. Um, to the listeners, I work at a liquor store. And a guy came in today and asked if I have any Coke to drink, not the snort. <clears throat> and I said, yeah, it's right over there. And I pointed to it. And he said, no, do you have any cold? And I said, no, it's against the law. Uh, we're recording this out of Indiana. In Indiana, in the liquor store, cold soda, you can't have. So he was like, oh, why? And I said, because... It's the law. There's nothing I can do about that. I can't give you a reason. You have to ask. Take that higher up. I don't know. <laughs> Just a guy standing here telling you I don't have cold soda. And he was like, okay. And then he literally closed, left, the door closed, turned around, came back in through the entrance door. was like, what about cold Pepsi? <laughs> and I thought to myself, if you fell into a bucket of tits, you'd come out sucking your thumb. You fucking idiot. <laughs> That's pretty bad. <laughs> it depresses me, and it kind of just makes me lower my faith in humanity. Yeah. You know, I should have said, yeah. I should have been like, oh, yeah, Pepsi, sure, sure. Yeah. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Martinis and the Macabre, the podcast where we drunkenly discuss morbid murders, mysteries, and mayhem. My name is Erica, and I'm joined by my husband and co-host, Billy. Hi, sweetie. Hello, how are you today? I'm great. If I was doing any better, I'd be your twin. <laughs> I believe you picked that up today. I did, and I'm <laughs> going to say that from now on. Mm-hmm. I wrote it down and shit. Was, yeah. You didn't write it down. Uh, I don't write. Mm-mm. I don't write good. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, and joined by us tonight is our fucking cat, Pee-wee, who you can hear in the litter box scraping. <laughs> say hey, hi, Pee-wee. Pee-wee. Now she stops. And she, she stops. <laughs> Oh, 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 good news, good news. She did not spontaneously combust yet. Knock on wood. We're still waiting on that first case of spontaneous animal combustion. SCC. Not that we're crossing our fingers for our cat or anything, but... I'm not going to set the cat on fire. Then it wouldn't be spontaneous. Why is it we start recording she makes as much noise as she possibly can? What are you doing, cat? Go away. Deuces. (laughs) She said, fuck you, she went by. <laughs> oh, and I just recently I just recently checked, and we picked up some uh, more subscribers. Hey, awesome. So thanks, Mom, for talking to people. <laughs> Spreading the word. Yes. In all honesty, uh, if you do like us, please rate us on iTunes and pass the word along. We would love to have more subscribers, please. <laughs> yeah, you could even do it like you're trying to hustle for us. Just be like, you don't even got to listen to it. Just subscribe. <laughs> Turn off the notifications. You don't even got to pay attention whenever they drop a, an episode. Just, just click the subscribe. We would prefer that you'll you actually like us and listen to our content. But, we want everybody to like us. But, but yeah, I guess that would work too. Yeah, just right now we're starting out, so we just need numbers. 
So out, out. You're, you're referring to them as numbers. Well, the numbers that show up on the feed. It yeah. says how many are... Yeah. We take our stuff very seriously, Billy. You guys are beautiful individuals. <laughs> what do you want me to say? We obviously don't take these stories that seriously. Yeah, we, I try to make everything. Me and Erica try to make a... Or Erica and I. Yes. So me and Erica try to make it to where... <laughs> We try to we try to bring some some lightness to the the darkness of humanity. Yeah, we, man's inhumanity to man. You know, we want to bring you subjects that maybe you haven't heard about or are up for debate, but we want to do it in a fun way because comedy can be defined as just tragedy remembered. It could be. I feel like you stole that quote from someone. I think that's like a famous quote that everybody uses. From who? Do you want me to fucking Google it right now? You know how long last time I was looking up... Hold on a minute, he's got to Google something. No, not. <laughs> like, how long it took for me to figure out the temperature of inside of a person when they're burning. Remember that? Mm-hmm. I Googled a while. I'm not Googling anymore. I'll yeah. probably Google later. No, no Google. So tonight we're going to be discussing uh, something many people don't know about. It's the Bath School Disaster, also called the Bath School Massacre. And after this, you are getting a palate cleanser. Yeah. I feel like I need one after reading it. This is actually um, the deadliest mass murder to take place at a school in U.S. history. Most people would think of Virginia Tech or Sandy Hook or Columbine. But this actually took the most uh, people off the earth. Mm Mm-hmm. It's a series of explosions that happened on May 18th of 1927 in Bath Township, Michigan. And the man responsible, if you can call him a man, was Andrew Philip Kehoe. Is it Kehoe? Kehoe. Okay. Kehoe was born on February 1st of 1872 in Tecumseh, Michigan. That was good. That was good. Tecumseh? You did it again. Yeah. I do things. You know what? Here's what I would have said. Kehoe was born on February 1st, 1872 in Michigan. Oh, you'll have a chance to pronounce something later. Oh, man. Yeah. So, Kehoe... uh, This sucks. Kehoe's mother died when he was young, and his father remarried a much younger widow, who Kehoe often fought with. When he was 14... The family's oil stove exploded and set his stepmother on fire. Kehoe then threw a bucket of water on her, but since the fire was oil-based, this only spread the flames. <laughs> this this actually kind of makes me think of like Three Stooges, where you try, you know, or, or some <laughs> Benny Hill, like, you know, going on. And, and it then, just like, gets yeah. worse. Yeah. yeah. Or like, you know, like the Harlem Globetrotters, where they take like a bucket of water, quote, unquote, water, and it's just confetti. Yeah. Kind of like that. Like, that, you didn't help anything. It, it wasn't confetti at all. Yeah. She died. Well, way to bring down the fucking mood. <laughs> She, she did pass away from her injuries, and some believe that Kehoe may have been responsible for the explosion. He probably was, like, really defending himself all the way to the end, too. Like, what? I fucking... I dumped water on the bitch? I didn't know there was fucking oil in it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he was 14. He may not have known. This is probably one of the only times you'll ever hear me defend him. Well, I mean, in a panic, if someone's on fire, your first instinct is to grab water and throw it on him. Yeah. not Not grab water, test it, make sure it's... Totally clean. Yeah, I'm going to sprinkle this on you. Let me splash a little bit on and see what happens. Man, that had to be the worst, like, what, five minutes of her fucking life? 
It was probably longer than that because they probably put the fire out and then she suffered a long, strenuous death at the hospital. I don't want any of that pie. No yeah. slice of that pie for me. That's awful. <laughs> Poor Freddy Krueger. He's he not went, real. He went out hard. Mm-hmm. Good talk. Real, real poor guy. Molester and all. Ah, uh, yeah. Child killer. He did that, didn't he? Yeah. God, you're Where good. are your fucking priorities? You're good at bringing down the mood. So back to Kehoe. Uh, he attended Michigan State College in East Lansing, which we are familiar with. We have some family up there. Hey, guys. Uh, he was studying electrical engineering, and after college, he moved to St. Louis, Missouri, spending several years there working as an electrician. He eventually moved back to Michigan, and in 1912, when he was 40 years old, he married Ellen Nellie Price. Uh, seven years later, they bought a farm outside the village of Bath. It seemed like everybody did that. You know, like when you read old stories, it's always like you find this lady and then you buy a farm. Yeah, and her name's Nellie. <laughs> whoa! Not like whoa, Nelly. Ah, oh, come on now! Ah, ha, 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 hey, you silly goose! I thought you were like getting ready to say oh. something else. Whoa! Like I caught something, and Fuck here it. I'm gonna add to it. But fucking idiot! No, I'm, <laughs> I'm an idiot. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love you. You're smart. Don't touch me. Okay. Kehoe was said to be dependable by those who knew him, and often uh, volunteered. You're interrupting me. Sorry. <laughs> Kehoe was said to be dependable by those who knew him, often volunteering to help neighbors and doing favors for others. But those who knew him also described him as being highly impatient with anyone who disagreed with him. Uh, one recounted story claims Kehoe shot and killed a neighbor's dog because it came on his property barking, as dogs do. Yeah. Which annoyed him. Yeah, I could understand, like... No, I'm not saying I can understand killing a dog under any circumstances. But like, well, you know, you felt bad for Freddy Krueger, so. Yeah. <laughs> but remember, like, um, oh, what was that movie? Me, Myself, and Irene? Uh-huh. Oh, the neighbor staying there with the leash on the dog, mm-hmm. purposely having the dog shit in his lawn. Like, yeah, you should probably do something about it. But, like, if a dog is just being a dog, the dog doesn't know where your fucking property is. Yeah, the dog's just walking up going, hey, hey. Hey! Hey! <laughs> That's all dogs do. I like your house. Hey, I like your house. Hey, you want to pet me? Want to rub my belly? Do you need this spot right now in the grass? <laughs> I gotta go. I like this grass. Hey! Well, evidently he had a problem with animals in period because there was another claim that he beat one of his horses to death for not performing as well as he wanted. He beat a horse to death. You know... How do you do that? I don't know. I heard that, um, okay, this I'm kind of like going to stray off topic here a bit, but there's um, a martial art um, or like a part of a martial art or something like that. It's, it's um, Chinese, uh, goes all the way back to Shaolin, and it's like iron, iron hand, iron fist, something like that, where the guys that can break... God knows what with just their hands, mm-hmm. you know. And it said the guy that invented it punched a horse in the face and killed it instantly. And I thought, damn, that's fucking amazing. And, and guys, you feel free to comment and correct me. But then I, um, I forget who I was speaking to, but they were like, yeah, but horses aren't like 
They said like it's easy to do that with a horse, and I'm like, how can it be that easy to do with a horse? A horse is it's like a fucking horse. A horse is like solid fucking muscle. One would and think. it's huge. Yeah, I but, mean, yeah, but they said, but whoever I forget who I was talking to too. I think it was like a family member, but they were like, not like if um, the horses actually by by you know definition are, are actually weaker than you would think. They're fucking horses. They're big ass <laughs> horses that hold people. So it's like. I don't know. Uh, I I don't understand that. But, I mean, it doesn't specify whether or not he actually used an object to beat the horse to death. I mean, I could I could see maybe that. If Still you like, doesn't change the fact he beat a horse to death. Yeah. He shot a dog and beat a horse to death. Yeah. So, he's two for two there. So, like, he killed a dog for barking and he killed a horse, what, because it reared up? Because it saw, it saw a dead dog and freaked out? It, it's... <laughs> It's like, oh shit, I don't want none of that. <laughs> was that the one that was barking? <laughs> Jesus Christ! What are you doing with that hammer? <laughs> Famous last words of a horse. <laughs> Famous last words ever. I want that to be my last words. What are you doing with that hammer? <laughs> that would be famous last words for anyone, I suppose. Yeah. I want my famous last words to be something that has nothing to do with death. Which makes it even better. I could go for some soup. Yeah, like... Yeah, like is that fat-free ranch dressing? Like, that'd be my last words. Or just... My last words could be like, Confucius say... Dot, 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 and then that's it. And that's what's on my tombstone. Oh, after I die, if you guys want to come to my funeral, it's going to be totally cool because I'm having Erica put a Wi-Fi signal in the top corner so people will hang out. On the tombstone. Just hang out. Hang gonna, out I'm, with me. I'm going to plant some catnip on the, the grave, mm-hmm. too, mm-hmm. so all the local cats have a little party. It would be like that movie Sleepwalkers, but, but on my grave. But, yeah, but not. One can wish. One can hope. That's your wish, huh? What, to be buried? We're, I don't follow what you're saying. <laughs> to have a bunch of cats partying on your grave. Yeah, dude. <laughs> no, hun, to be buried. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool, like, to plant corn. You ever seen it? You ever seen corn and radishes? Stuff I would never eat, too. Beets. A lot of beets. Oh. And catnip and a Wi-Fi signal. I, I think maybe I could get away with the catnip. I don't know if the cemetery would allow corn. They start seeing corn stalks sprouting up. They may go over and mow over that shit. Yeah. But even if they mow catnip, it's still there. Yeah. You don't take that away. You just made shredded catnip for cats. <laughs> you just made it worse. You just made the, the surrounding area filled with the aroma of catnip. Oh, I sprayed catnip on um, Pee Wee's tail. Yeah. And she ran through the house and she kept trying to do like cartwheels to catch her tail. It was amazing. <laughs> Considering she's a, a middle-aged cat, that's pretty impressive. First time I heard a cat scream, like a like a human. Scream? Rawr! Like yeah, like that. <laughs> I'm sitting there playing PlayStation. I hear like rawr, rawr, rawr. I was like, whoa, goddamn! <laughs> she was pissed. She couldn't get her tail. <laughs> yeah. We are straying way off course here. So beat a horse to death. Yeah. Kehoe beat a horse to death. That's where we started. He was also known for being a tight ass, right? <laughs> yeah, he was known for his frugality. 
that helped him get elected in 1924 as a trustee for three years and treasurer for one on the school board. He argued for lower taxes constantly. M.W. Keyes, a later superintendent of the board, stated Kehoe, quote, fought the expenditure of money for the most necessary equipment, end quote. So he, he didn't want to splurge on any fucking kids. Now, see, this is this kind of is like his um a dick of, move. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's a he's like a real life boogeyman. But we'll find out later. But still, when I, whenever I think being like frugal or being a tight ass, you would think he would want higher taxes to get more money, but lower the cost of labor work for for. Uh, contracts or anything like that to get, to make it to where you pay the least amount possible but get the most return. So you would think like it would be like higher taxes but lower lower minimum wage or but something like that. He didn't want to spend any money on the fucking kids, and we'll find out that he was actually mostly thinking about himself. But he often voted against the rest of the board and wanted his own way, and others found him extremely difficult to work with. He accused the superintendent Emery. Go ahead, hun. Your your chance to uh, pronounce. <laughs> I I okay. know the proper pronunciation is Emery, and the last name H U Y C K. And how do you say that? H U Y C K. Um, Huck. Did I? Huck. Hoik. Hoik. Emery H. Emery H. <laughs> so, yes, he often accused the superintendent Emery H. You got it. Hoik. I'm going to I'm going to go with Hoik. You're 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 a Hoik. Emery Hoik of financial mismanagement. He constantly argued with the township financial authorities to try to get the value of his property reduced claiming he paid too much for the farm. And though he tried, he was unsuccessful in getting his mortgage taken off. Uh-huh. So when it comes down to it, he may have wanted lower taxes just so he could have more money coming in because he didn't want to fucking pay for shit and thought it all cost too much and he wanted more money. What if that was the whole point of running? Was because just, he felt he to, paid too much for his farm. Because he was like, fuck this shit, I'm tired of paying a mortgage. Yeah. We should do that. <laughs> Billy Jones, 2020. So in 1925, Kehoe was temporarily appointed to fill the position of town clerk, but he was defeated in the regular spring election for the position in 1926. In the Bath School Disaster, which is an eyewitness account by neighbor Monty J. Ellsworth, Ellsworth claims that the rejection was paramount in Kehoe's decision of the bombing to exact his, quote, murderous revenge on the school and the community. Ellsworth, why didn't you have me pronounce that shit? Because I can pronounce that. Ah, damn. (laughs) And it probably didn't help matters that in June 1926, he was notified of the impending foreclosure on his property. His wife, Nellie... Whoa! Oh. (laughs) I was trying to... Did you see what I was trying to do? I I got it this time. Like a horse. Dead, beaten horse. A dead horse. horse. I wonder if there was ever a debate, and they're like, oh, you're beating a dead horse, and he's like, <laughs> like under his breath. <laughs> yep, done that. Yeah, they, Mark it off. They bleed strange. 
<laughs> or they're like, uh, with this argument, sir, I say you are beating a dead horse. He'd be like, and dog. <laughs> no, he shot the dog. Yeah. Oh, my bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, fix your shit. Uh, now, I, now I feel stupid. <laughs> so his wife, Nellie. Oh, you should have been like, whoa. <laughs> I figured you were going to jump okay, in over me. Okay, do it again. His wife, whoa! Nellie, yeah. <laughs> had become severely ill with tuberculosis. Which happens. I swear to God. I swear to God. Like, this isn't even a paranormal episode we're doing right now. But I tell you what. If you listen to, like, paranormal stories or shit that happened back then, it's either, like, a jilted lover, somebody had a baby that shouldn't have had a baby, tuberculosis. That's about it. <laughs> I swear to God. Well, there was a lot of tuberculosis back then. I swear, back in the early 1900s, I, I wouldn't want to be there. It was just pain and death. And everything was horrible. <laughs> you know how they say every town has a crybaby bridge and it's probably, like, just folklore? Every town probably has a crybaby bridge because... <laughs> There's always that person that, like, had a baby with this man, but the man was married, and he couldn't do it, and she was so sad, and she threw the baby over a bridge. I bet that happened in every fucking town, because everything <laughs> happened back then was just fucking awful. Why would you even want to be a ghost? Why would you want to stick around? God damn. Wow. L's, L's worth. Don't, don't hold back. Let us know how you really feel. <laughs> Tell me how you really feel. I don't sell cold soda. <laughs> fucking sorry, okay? I don't have it. Well, Pepsi. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I should have been like, are you a cop? Yeah. <laughs> Youth excise? <laughs> so, Nellie, as I said, became severely ill with tuberculosis, and her frequent hospital stays probably contributed to their debt. Kehoe had stopped paying the mortgage and insurance months earlier. Which is funny, because he wanted to get the mortgage taken care of, he wanted to get the house paid off and whatever. And then, like, they didn't work, so he was just like, well, fuck, I'm not going to pay. How about that? Well, I think at we this... We could have been civil, but now I ain't going to do it. I think at this time, he already had some plans, and it didn't matter if he paid the mortgage, because people and himself weren't going to be around for it. But we'll get to that. Around this time, a neighbor by the name of A. McMullen, no first name given... Notice that during the year preceding the bombings, Kehoe had stopped working on his farm completely. McMullen thought Kehoe might have been suicidal, even more so when Kehoe gave him one of his horses in April 1927. It's a lucky-ass horse. You should see what happened to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. A. McMullen should have been like, yeah, sure, please. Yeah, give me the horse, please. And the look of the desperation of that horse's eye, like, please, <laughs> for the love of God, he killed my brother, please. Well, no. I watched him die. McMullen, with his his bad feelings about this, did return the horse. Stupid ass. <laughs> so it comes down to the plan. No one really knows exactly when Kehoe decided on his plans or started preparing, but the consensus of the townspeople was that he had been working on it since at least August of the prior year, which was 1926. The New York Times quoted Bath school board member M.W. Keyes, is that a thing where you fucking... H.H. H. Holmes, man. I Yeah. Oh. It's yeah. a thing back then. This is off topic. I'm good for doing that. Mm-hmm. But this is uh, something I've noticed from, like, creepypastas. They always... A name and a letter. You know, this, this is submitted by Stephen L. Or by L.L. L. Smith. 
And it's like you, this isn't this isn't called a Cthulhu. You're this isn't like you're not J.R. Tolkien. You're not. Um, H.H. Holmes. That's the only Holmes. one I can think of. No, there's a <laughs> writer, but still, you're not him. Give your fucking name. And that way, at least you get credit. D.B. Cooper. He's not even fucking real. That's not his real name. Badass, though. D.B. <laughs> Cooper's a badass. <laughs> if he lived. He ain't alive Maybe. now. That's for fucking sure. Maybe we'll cover him in the future. Nobody Google him, because we may cover him in the future. Don't do it. You're Don't. prohibited. We're going to do it first. I'm going to do it right now. No, we're not. I'm not doing shit, but still. I'm actually not that interested in D.B. Cooper, because it's been talked about so many times. No, I'm interested in D.B. Cooper because he did it. Not he did the act, but he... Did he beat a horse to death? No, but... Did, well, then. Did, did he successfully hijack a plane? Did he successfully get the ransom? Did he successfully make off with the ransom? That's fucking cool. Like, they... Why, is there a movie about him? Mm, there should be, I'm like, a Leonardo of. DiCaprio movie about him. Why Leonardo DiCaprio? I don't know. I think of The Revenant, and he did good in that. So I'm thinking, you know, hey, he's a good actor. <laughs> hey, he'll do. He's cool. <laughs> Have you seen Inception? It's fucking cool. (laughs) He could be D.B. Cooper. Oh, if there's any Asians out there, I'll fucking do it. Okay. What? Proceed. Asians? Agents. (laughs) It's like... (laughs) (laughs) Or if you're Asian and want to hang out. Where did this go to Asians? (laughs) God, you're fucking weird. I didn't hear you right. My ears are slow. Trying to find me some Asians. <laughs> what the fuck, man? That doesn't even make sense. That's why I was so confused. Leonardo DiCaprio is not Asian. <laughs> okay, go okay. ahead. Okay, so back to the school board member, M.W. Keys. He was quoted as saying, I have no doubt that he made his plans last fall. That was 1926. To blow up the school. He was an experienced electrician. And the board employed him in November to make some repairs on the school lighting system. He had ample opportunity then to plant explosives and lay the wires for touching it off. End quote. Setting it off? I guess that would be setting it off. Yeah. Kehoe also had free access to the building during the summer vacation in 1926. So it's possible he could have started even earlier than they suspected. In mid-1926, Kehoe began buying more than a ton of pyrotrol. Not to be confused with Pyrotron from the SHC episode. Yeah, don't address me as Pyrotron, but I kind of want that to be like, don't address me as Pyrotron, but I want that to be like a contact name. Like if I call you, I want it to say Pyrotron. (laughs) Well, Pyrotrol is an incendiary explosive and was used during this area by farmers for excavation and burning of debris. In November 1926, he drove to a sporting goods store in Lansing and bought two boxes of dynamite. Yeah, try that shit over at Dick's Sporting Goods. See where that <laughs> fuck gets you. Right, can I help you find anything, sir? Uh, well, you're looking for some shoes? Uh, we got some new Under Armour shoes that just came out. Good cross trainers. Uh, you're looking for um, dynamite. Uh, where's that section at? I'm looking at the signs. And you got, like, weightlifting equipment and, you know, uh, CrossFit and outdoors. Mine's kind of outdoors. And why are the cops here? <laughs> Well, dynamite at the time was also commonly used on farms. But his small purchases at different stores and on different dates didn't raise any suspicions. Neighbors often heard explosions on the Kehoe farm, and one neighbor even dubbed him, quote, the dynamite farmer. Which is a fine, fine nickname. (laughs) It's better than being like, 
the creepy guy or the guy that smells like bugle chips. You know, like... Or Freddy Krueger. Or Freddy Krueger. <laughs> or, or, the, or there's a guy that beat that fucking horse to death. Like, you know, that's a cool dynamite. The dynamite farmer is pretty fucking neat. Like, I'm Billy, the dynamite farmer Jones. That should be an MMA match. They'd give up before I even fought. Really? Yeah. They would just enter the octagon and bow to you? No, they'd be like, dynamite farmer, but that's awesome. <laughs> Just give you daps and be like, you win, man. Yeah, whenever we touch gloves, I'll be like, boom, boom. <laughs> and look at him with eyes wide, not even blinking, going, and then he'll be like, I'm done. Yeah, I would. That's, That's frightening. My, he looks like he beat a horse to death. <laughs> I'll be like, you ain't wrong, you bitches. <laughs> Come at me, bro. Well, in December of 1926, um, according to later testimony of a Michigan State Police investigator, Kehoe purchased a 30 caliber Winchester bolt-action rifle. So now we go to the actual massacre. Kehoe loaded up the back of his truck with metal debris capable of producing devastating shrapnel sometime before May 18th. No one's sure exactly when. You know, I want to try... To see if I can lighten this up some. But, um, I don't know if I can. On this, I don't know if I can. This is just awful. This is awful. Maybe this is that one... You're already bringing us down. We haven't even gotten to the bad stuff. You know, I'm just thinking, that. do you think maybe this might be the part where we just actually just get serious for a minute? Uh... Let's, we'll play it by ear. We'll just play it by ear. Yeah, let's, let's roll with it. So the massacre! <laughs> Kehoe made numerous trips to Lansing for explosives and even put new tires on his truck. That way, if he were to get a flat, he wouldn't look suspicious with a truck full of explosives and shrapnel. He could just avoid getting the flat altogether. <laughs> They're like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm the dynamite farmer. What do you think I'm doing? I have a flat. People get flats. <laughs> Go away. <laughs> I'll beat you like I beat the horse. I'll beat you like a horse. <laughs> Also around this time, many neighbors noticed Kehoe busily driving around a lot, and a neighbor near the school saw a man carrying objects into the building at night, but no one thought to mention these observations. That is the whole, if you see something, say something. Well, I mean, this was 1927, and... and he was a dynamite farmer. A man driving around is not going to raise suspicions, but I would think that the man carrying objects into a school building in the middle of the night would be a little odd. Yeah. Just saying. Sure. So Nellie had been discharged from Lansing St. Lawrence Hospital on May 16th. Sometime between her release and the morning of the 18th, Keo killed her. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah, whoa, Nellie. Whoa, Nellie's dead. Now you're beating a dead horse. (laughs) (laughs) Poor fucking horse, never did anything wrong. So Keo killed his wife. Okay, all right. (laughs) Way to get us back on topic. Yep. He put her in a wheelbarrow at the rear of the farm near a chicken coop. He then piled silverware and a metal cash box around the cart. He made several pyrotrol firebombs and placed and wired them around the house and all of the buildings on the farm. He then wired the legs of his two horses together in their enclosure to prevent their rescue and what would happen. 
He so, hates horses. He was planning ahead to make sure those horses weren't going to come out alive. I wonder if his fucking neighbor is like, damn, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I wish I could have. <laughs> wish I didn't give that one back. Poor fucking horses. Poor horses. Poor dog. I feel more for animals than I do anything with these things. Like with that crazy. Well, we, we've still got a school to continue. Yeah, we ain't so. got there yet. I know. <laughs> but even like with crazy. Crazy ass Catherine Knight, that poor fucking dingo, poor little guy didn't do anything fucking wrong. He was just sniffing. He was, he was dingoing. He I was, believe you called it. Yeah, yeah, dingoes dingoing, baby. He got died. He got he got he got he, died. He got dead. He got dead for being a dingo dingoing. It's that bullshit. Yeah, those poor horses were so fucking confused. Why are you wiring me to him? At what least they it? were together. What's in that wheelbarrow? <laughs> Hey, can anyone go for some soup? Where's Frank? Oh, he's dead. Shit, you're right. <laughs> Shit. Whatever happened to that neighbor? He was so cool. I guess he didn't want us to be apart. Nah, he's a good guy. Yeah. I love you, dude. Why are we wired together? Is this like a potato sack race? Are we gonna do something? So, instead of a three-legged race, what would that be? It'd be a... A, a six, it would still be a, a six-legged six race. No, a seven-legged race. One, two, three, one, two, three, and then the two wired together. They don't make a leg. S- seven. They don't make leg. a leg, though. But when we do it with two people, it's a leg, a leg, and then the two in the middle. It's a three-legged race. Oh. So it would be a seven-legged race. Why are we analyzing this? You're you fucking sh- plan on the horses dying. There. You're so smart. This is where we probably get a little bit serious. The actual morning of May 18th, 1927. The first thing to go was the farm. Shortly before 8.45 a.m., Kehoe detonated the bombs in his house and farm buildings. Neighbors and volunteers began rushing to the scene, and a fireman crawled through a broken window in the house and discovered undetonated dynamite in the corner of the room, and it was removed before it could explode. Now, probably at the time they thought, hey, he's the dynamite farmer. He's got some dynamite. Let's get it out of here. You think they showed up and was like, damn, dynamite farmer done fucked up. Like, do you think they didn't think it was even purposeful? Like, they thought, like... Probably. They probably thought, like, damn, he was he, he dropped the ball on this one. I'm, I'm sure they probably thought it was accidental at first, and they were probably considering themselves lucky that they found that dynamite before yeah. it exploded on them. Wait, Earl, what? <laughs> Horses' legs are tied together? What are you talking about? Well, I'm, I'm sure they went for the house first trying to find any possible survivors. I'm surprised they found horses, really. Dynamite. But I'm sure I'm, I'm sure they found it pretty suspicious when Kehoe jumped in his truck at this time. He stopped as he left the property, telling the firemen and volunteers, quote, Boys, you're my friends. You better get out of here. You better head down to the school, end quote. He then drove off. Shortly after the farm explosions, an alarm clock set by Kehoe in the school's north wing basement detonated the pyrotrol and dynamite that he had hidden there. Rescuers that had been headed to the Kehoe farm fire heard the explosion and turned back and headed towards the school. Bernice Sterling, a first grade teacher, was quoted by the Associated Press. It seemed as though the floor went up several feet. After the first shock, I thought for a moment I was blind. When it came, the air seemed to be full of children and flying desks and books. 
Children were tossed high in the air. Some were catapulted out of the building. End God quote. damn. This sounds like it should be in like Harry Potter or something. Children like... floating around in desks. And... No. This is bad. I, oh. This is just bad. I was trying to make it light, but... I know. You get a gold star for effort. This is just <laughs> awful. Yeah, so... This shockwave had total devastation on the school. The entire north wing had collapsed. Parts... Do you, do you think, like... Sorry, do you think, like, that one firefighter that everybody makes fun of because he's a fucking idiot, when it went off at the... You know, when they were at the farm, it went off. Do you think, like... Terry was like, you think that's why he said we should go down there? <laughs> Guys, I think he was talking about the school there. Well, you see, see, it's on fire. And you can also wonder, did he mean this as like, you better get down there to help them? Or was he trying to lure them down here so that they would die too? He just said he was their friend. That doesn't mean shit. He's blowing people up. Yeah. So, the entire north wing just completely collapsed. Parts of the walls had crumbled, and the edge of the roof had fallen. Uh, Monty Ellsworth, who wrote the book we talked about earlier, he recounted, quote, There was a pile of children about five or six feet under the roof, and some of them had arms sticking out. Some That's had... the worst sentence I've ever heard. Some of them had arms sticking out, some had legs, and some just had their heads sticking out. They were unrecognizable because they were covered with dust, plaster, and blood. There were not enough of us to remove the roof. So since they didn't have enough people, Ellsworth started to drive back to his farm to get a rope heavy enough to pull the roof off of the children. On the drive back, he passed Kehoe, who was driving towards the school. Ellsworth said, quote, He grinned and waved his hand. When he grinned, I could see both rows of his teeth. Which means... Dude was fucking cheesing as he drove by and waved. He was he was elated. Mm-hmm. You know, it's shit like this that bothers me. You know, like <clears throat> blowing up schools. Yeah, that's pretty no, bothersome. No, no, no. I'm trying to make a point. Wait, hold on. Oh no, he's going for the glasses. There they are. They're on. <laughs> it's it's people like this that actually give me chills. You know, you could watch any movie or any scary story or folklore all that stuff that stuff that's kind of creepy that you know kind of makes you think like oh no something's gonna come and get me in the middle of the night it's this mm-hmm. it's this it, this is this is the real boogeyman people that- like that and then what's crazy is like you can't you can't single it down to one boogeyman there are boogeymen out there in the world not trying to make like you like scared amber alert scared it's just, I'm not concerned about a, a demon possessing me. I'm more concerned with, I look outside my window in the middle of the night, and then there's a man looking back at me. Yeah. That's what concerns me. The, is the that, horrible <clears throat> humanity that yeah. we see every day. Those are the monsters. And I mean, to plan this out for months, and then blow up his house, his farm, a school... And drive by and smile and wave. Yep. Pretty bad. At this point, the school looked like a war zone. Parents and volunteers were trying to pull away debris to get to the dead and injured. And then, about 30 minutes after the school explosion... Was the last explosion. Correct. Kehoe pulled up in his truck, which of course was loaded with all of the potential shrapnel and 
and explosives. So he pulled up and waved over Superintendent. Hoik! 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 I'm sure he's probably a good man. Was. <laughs> oh, God. Witness Charles Hawson would later testify that he saw the two men struggling over some type of long gun, and then the truck exploded. Kehoe, the superintendent, a retired farmer, and eight-year-old Cleo Clayton were immediately killed by the blast. Clayton, a second grader, had survived the explosion at the school, only to wander out of the debris and be hit and killed by the shrapnel from the truck explosion. That's fucking horrible. Yeah. It was his day to go, I guess, because, wow. It's just, you know... All kinds of bad. <clears throat> I go back and forth with religion, but I I hope, you know, I hope he's in a better place. I like to think, I, I like to, I flatter myself to the thought that he's in a better place. I would hope so. All... In, in, any kid that dies is just, I mean, obviously. They're so innocent. Yeah. Poor, <laughs> poor little guy. <laughs> God. Also, a postmaster was uh, mortally wounded by the blast. He ended up losing a leg, and then later that day, he died. So, as far as rescue and recovery, hundreds of people worked into the night searching the wreckage. Phone operators stayed at their stations for hours, trying to summon doctors, undertakers, hospitals, pretty much anyone else that might be able to help. Firefighters from the Lansing Fire Department were sent, and area contractors sent all of their men to assist. There was even a local physician and his wife who turned their pharmacy into a triage center, and unfortunately, the town hall was used as a temporary morgue. Now, this is actually something I like to see. Mm -hmm. People coming together for a cause. Yeah. You know, I mean, it kind of... As I mean, horrible as a cause yeah. that it is. Like, like, like after 9-11, you know, it, 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 the day of that, and I'm not talking like weeks after, I'm talking like on 9-11, after it happened, people scrambled to help. Mm -hmm. And that's what's, that's what's great. And that's why we lost so many more on that day is because they ran into those buildings to try and help. Yeah. And then the buildings collapsed. It's just horrible. Any way you look at it. Yeah. But I tell you what, I believe that if you look hard enough for a good person, you'll find one. Yeah. And you know what? If, 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 you, if you look hard to find a good person and you can't find one, you have an opportunity to be one. Mm -hmm. And then you go help. Yep. It's a, I can't remember who said that, but uh, it's a popular saying that, that, that um, I really respect. You know, um, find the good in the world. If you can't find it, be the good in the world. Actually, I wonder, and um, listeners, be sure to correct me. Because I say that a lot. <laughs> be sure to correct me because I might be fucking dumb. I want to say that was Mr. Rogers. Mm, I don't know. It sounds familiar, but... Or Mr. Rogers said, look for the helpers. You'll always find helpers. Or something like that. He also said it's a beautiful day in the neighborhood. Nah, he was a great Beautiful man. day for a neighbor. Would you be mine? I'd love to be his neighbor. Could you be mine? Would. I would. Any day of the week and twice on Sunday. I would even buy him a sweater. I'd buy him a kick-ass sweater. And it would say that on there. Kick-ass sweater. He probably wouldn't approve of that language. No. So, we've kind of 
gone down a rabbit hole here. That's good. I kind of needed to be like, <laughs> I kind of needed to be distracted from what we're actually talking about. This is just the fucking worst. So as I said before, the entire north wing of the school had been destroyed in the blast. Searchers found an additional 500 pounds or 230 kilograms of undetonated dynamite in the south wing. The search was halted at that time so officials could disarm the devices. During that process, they found an alarm clock set to go off at 8.45 a.m. Investigators speculated that the north wing explosion may have short-circuited the south wing bombs, preventing them from detonating. That makes sense. The concussion from the blast, yeah. you know, would fuck up. Yeah, I could get that. I'm I mean, sure. we could be looking at a much higher death toll if that had actually gone off. Yeah. So, once they were able to disarm the devices, the search resumed, and altogether, 38 children and 6 adults were killed, and another 58 were injured. Of course, investigators decided to search and investigate the Kehoe Farm, and state troopers initially thought Nellie was in a tuberculosis sanatorium and searched statewide for her. But that didn't last very long because the next morning her charred body was found among the ruins of the farm. All of the buildings on the farm were destroyed and the two horses died. Oh. Yeah. We, we kind of expected that, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you're going to do all that, what's two horses, really? Bummer. Whoa, Nellie. <laughs> God, I feel bad laughing at that. <laughs> It was discovered that Kehoe, in preparation to destroy his farm, had cut all of his wire fences, girdled young shade trees to kill them, and cut off his grapevine plants, then putting them back on their stumps to hide the damage. The only reason I can think of for all of this is that nobody's going to have this shit after it's gone. Yeah. I I'm going to destroy the fences. I'm going to destroy the grapevines. Nobody's going to profit or take anything from this after it's done it seems like it seems like to me like doing all that which didn't even need to be done because who cares about it but it seemed like a big that looked like a big fuck you mm -hmm. that was a big fuck you dude well he also put lumber and other materials in his tool shed which he then later exploded with one of the incendiary bombs i'm surprised he didn't salt the fields <laughs> really a wooden sign was found wired to the farm's fence on which was stenciled, Criminals are made, not born. Mm. So, I'm assuming he probably planned on someone finding this and wanted to make his point that I wasn't born this way. You guys made me this way and I'm going to throw a big temper tantrum and blow shit up. That's really what it amounted to. Mm-hmm. The explosions made national headlines and donations poured in from all over the country. School ended up resuming on September 5th, but had to be held in a split between the community hall, the township hall, and two retail buildings. The damaged portion of the school was demolished and rebuilt and lasted for a long time, eventually being demolished in 1975, the entire building. They took it all out and made it into a memorial park for the victims. Andrew Kehoe's body was claimed by a sister, and he was buried in the pauper section of Mount Rest Cemetery in Clinton County without ceremony. Good. Doesn't deserve one. As he should have been. Doesn't deserve a marker. Doesn't deserve any of that. Deserves nada. And It sounds like crass, but he should have been 
And I know you can't you can't do it, but like they should have just taken his body and just laid it out. Not laid it out on display, just laid it out in the grass. Well like literally let him rot. I'm assuming that whatever was left of his body was bits and pieces. Because he was in the truck that exploded. Yeah, that's true. So I don't even know what poor, they had to bury. Poor kid. God damn. There were a lot of them. I know. But he survived that blast. Yeah. Just to get taken out. That That's pretty bad. By some rat fuck. And I think a lot of people don't know about this. Um, like I said before, when we think of school massacres we think of shootings you know no one really remembers because of course how long ago this was but they also don't think of it because there's no guns involved except for the one he used to possibly kill his wife with because everybody else died from the bombs yeah people in lansing know i mean the memorial's there well it's in bath oh well okay sorry (laughs) Lansing was just nearby. They did, in the Memorial Park, they kept um, one of the the Coppola that was on the school had actually survived all those years. And it is at the Memorial Park along with the plaque. If you go to the Wikipedia site, it will give you a complete listing of all the names of victims. And I believe the plaque also has all of their names as well. It doesn't have his name, does it? I don't believe so. I hope not. And I think after all that, it's time for a palate cleanser. Yeah. We would like to, of course, thank um, Phaser765. Find him on YouTube. He did our... See, like, um, Christmas is coming up. And, um, well, when we're recording this, Christmas is coming up. And he got a uh, microphone, a good microphone. So you should be looking for more uh, production values and everything. Like, it, 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 he's going to up his, he's going to up his game like crazy. Which hopefully we will soon, too. <laughs> yeah. I gave all my money to that woman that came out wanting help with her bill. Sorry. Uh, we also want to thank purpleplanet.com, jewelbeat.com, and pond5.com for all the sounds and music that you heard today on this podcast. I once again want to remind you to like, subscribe, rate us on iTunes, spread it to all your friends, we're honestly, I'm doing this because I honestly just really enjoy it. And I have a I, passion for it, really. And I, I drug my husband along with me for the joy ride. <laughs> and he's a great co-host. It's a fun ride. <laughs> Except for when we talk about this stuff. This is a rough one. This yeah, one. this this is a bad one. But, but that's it. it. That's okay. That's okay because it's not always sunshine and rainbows and funny fucking jokes and all that shit. Sometimes it's fucking bad and you know there's gonna be some later on that are gonna be just as bad if not worse well I mean all of the stuff we talk about has a negative feel to it in some way yeah yeah but the, the good thing is is that you can you can like joke about it and joking about it kind of helps it helps um, even like with the other topics we've discussed and topics we're going to discuss later on is you can take, I don't know, what, an hour? Mm-hmm. An hour out of your day to just laugh at it. To, to laugh at something and not be judged, not be looked at like you're weird. But just laugh at something. And then, you know, later on in your day, I'm sure 
you'll find something that pisses you off. You'll find something I'm sure that will offend you or something that will upset you or make you sad. But, you know, you took an hour out of your time to let your to let the wall down and laugh at something that you're not supposed to laugh at in front of people. That that, that you don't that that you know you can laugh at something that, but it's behind closed doors. You you get that little bit of time, mm-hmm. and it's kind of a release. Yeah, and hopefully you learn something too. Like I I've said before, we try and find stuff that maybe not a whole lot of people know about. We've had other topics that we've thought, eh, maybe we'll scrap that, and then we find out that people don't really know about it, and so maybe we have to revisit that. Yeah, yeah. So hopefully you're learning something too, as well as. Turning something very tragic into something that you can say, hey, it happened. We're human. Let's move on. Yeah. There's there's always going to be bad things that happen. And hopefully we can make it a little bit easier by you listening to us rambling and ranting and being drunk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, by the way, um, on... on... Uh, Facebook and Twitter. I'm sure whenever we get the money to set up that fucking website, we'll have it like a contact us section. Uh, uh, send us ideas. Send us topics. If, if there's something that you want to hear or something like that, then um, by all means, let us know. Yeah. If there's something you know about that's maybe local, that maybe isn't main headline, something you want us to cover, <clears throat> let us know. A topic that maybe isn't one that you commonly hear about. Yeah. Yeah. Let us know. We'll think about it. Yeah, yeah. We'll mull it over. <laughs> we'll roll it around, do some brainstorming. May or may not cover it, but hey, you got your idea out there. And if you ever are in Indiana in a certain city and you wander into a liquor store and you see a guy with a long beard covered in tattoos from fingertips up, don't ask me about fucking soda. <laughs> Say hi. I'll even give you a hug, but... I don't want to have cold soda. It's not me. <laughs> Every state has their thing. This is our thing. And the same wall implies with like big stores like Walmart. You can't get cold beer here at Walmart or um, grocery stores or Meyer, Walgreens, CVS, gas stations. You can get cold soda, but you can't get cold beer. Is this the Indiana Liquor Law Podcast? Well, I'm just, you know, just trying to be an educator. Hmm. That's what everyone wants to know about. They just learned some shit. You know why? You know why? Because there's a fucking headset right on your head, and I just set it into your earballs. You now know it. <laughs> All right, I think that wraps everything up for tonight. We really appreciate you listening. Thanks for, you know, putting your head down and pushing through this with us, because yeah. this, this was a rough one. It was. Hopefully we'll have brighter stories coming up soon. And if you made it this far, congratulations. You really hung in there. Good on you. Yes. Thanks for hanging with us. You guys have a great night. We'll talk to you soon. I'll see you. You're a little creepy.